0: He learned how to hit a controlled fade, and he learned how to score from 125 yards and in. And that's where the amateur can benefit definitely the most is improving their wedge play.
1: And we are back for another part train. This is your host, Evan Singer. We got Mr. Cermak, Matt Cermak here. What's up, my man?
2: How we doing? We're back. We're back really quickly, too. We were just here. We're back.
1: We did a quick hitter with one of our favorite guests, Dottie Pepper from CBS Golf. Love Dottie. Former major champ as well in the LPGA. We only had uh, 30 minutes with her, so... This was a little bit shorter than some of our other podcasts, and Dottie was nice enough to hop on the phone when she was at the airport trying to get home. So you guys yeah. see some airport or hear some airport noise at the end. Uh, that's why. Um, action.
2: Just live in the action. In we're giving to you
1: guys in real time. Uh, but before we get to uh, the intro for uh, this episode with Dottie, in case you guys are new, the Partrain uses golf to help you live a better life, or at least make both golf and life a little less frustrating. Learn how to get better and achieve peak performance on and off the course from PGA Tour Pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, coaches, and more. Um, But before we get to the episode with Dottie, a quick word from our good friends over at Roback. Um,
2: Guys, we've talked about
1: Roback a lot, but they just released some brand new performance tees, colors. We've talked about them last week. If you guys don't have the long, the long sleeves are my favorite because they're so versatile. The long sleeve performance tees, they have new colors. This is how much, actually, let me tell you this. This is how much I love Roback. They're nice enough as our partner. We get free stuff from them. And Matt and I still buy things from Roback. Some people okay. call it
2: a habit. Some people call it an obsession. You
1: like know? that, if that doesn't tell you how good it is, some people might wait and they'll be like, might get entitled. No, we're they give it to us for free. We're only gonna wait till we get it for free. No, we literally buy stuff ourselves using the code that we're giving you guys. So um definitely check out the new performance teas. They actually just released their first line of ladies' teas. So hey, Black Friday's coming up. They do 20% off sales
2: Christmas, and Christmas holidays. Hanukkah, holidays. Come so if
1: you guys have a lady in your life or you're a lady listening to this, uh definitely check out the new line of ladies' teas. My girlfriend Tara. Just got one and they are fantastic. Um, So hit those up. We will put the discount link in the show notes for this episode. And it's also linked on our social accounts, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Hit the bio. You'll always see a 15% off link for Roback. Um, So thanks to those guys. Definitely get yourself some good gear. We
2: love Roback.
1: It's the best. Okay. Real quick. We had Dottie on um yeah we already did a master's recap episode matt so we wanted to make it um good for anyone year-round right we yeah. wanted to talk we talked a lot about the masters but we wanted to give you guys lessons that you could take with your game so we talked about maybe what you could take from dj's game right maybe what didn't work out for bryson what happened with tiger right.
2: yeah i think this was a bonus uh episode for us and so well timed i thought we had our master's recap on sunday This is message recap part two, right? And it's kind of Dottie's perspective for being inside the ropes, what she saw from Dustin, from Rory, from Bryson. And like you said, Ev, you know, what the amateur player can apply back, you know, to their games too. And she talked about her game, her great career, and how that all tied in. So, I mean, we couldn't be more thrilled to have Dottie on for the third time. She's so cool. She just really has the insight and the perspective, and she's just so thoughtful. So, Guys, I mean, we don't make exceptions usually, you know, for bonus episodes. But Dottie, it's the bill, right, Ev?
1: I mean, you're wearing your rollback vest right now. We just had Dottie on. I mean, this, what a Tuesday. You know? It's a nice Tuesday. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks as always for joining. We really appreciate it. If you're enjoying the show, definitely give us a five star review and rating um, on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot. It really helps us out. And uh, again, if you're not following us on, the socials check us out we just did a masters giveaway i mean is that fun check us out it's give us a follow fun. all right thanks guys um, we appreciate you stay healthy out there guys we know things are getting crazy again um and we wish the best for you hopefully golf courses stay open and we can all for the places that you know have the weather um can still use golf as a as an outlet so
2: hit cuts make butts Wow. See you guys. Okay.
1: Take care, guys. And we're back with one of our favorite guests. Dottie, I think this is your third appearance on the train. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Dottie. I, I
0: think it's, hi, guys. Is this the first time we've all been on the show together? <laughs> I felt like we were missing one at some point. Yeah,
1: it's good to have so, the whole crew yeah. together, you know?
0: Yes, I, I agree. And thanks for having me back again.
1: Well, we've got That's Dottie good. in the airport. She's trying to get home after a long <laughs> week. Um, but Dottie, I just, this wasn't even, I wasn't prepared to ask you this, but pre-show you were talking about walking those hills. I think I saw a photo of some serious blisters. Um, that was, what That wasn't... It wasn't pretty, was it? <laughs> Tell us what happened and how you pushed through.
0: <laughs> um, it happened Monday, and it, we started walking on on 13. We took the we went to the low part of the golf course and, and sort of worked our way around there. So I think where the blister pattern was, I got it on the last two holes going straight downhill at 10 and 11 because that's where we were headed to finish. And I had no idea they were that bad until I took my sock off. I thought, oh, you know. I got a couple hours here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ice my feet. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> oh my God. But I, I have to take my, my socks off, my hat off, everything. To the guys at MedCorp, our, our docs that have been on the road with us since the resumption of play in June, they, they were amazing and got me taped up and
2: back in the game.
1: <laughs> wow. Just yeah. finding it in the dirt all over again. <laughs> That's right. a,
2: a, compa- That's right. a competitor. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Got to play hurt. <laughs>
1: um, so, Dottie, we haven't talked since February, which is crazy to think how much is different since late February. Oh, nice. yeah. um, so I wanted to hear what it's like with everything going on with COVID. What is it like mm-hmm. when your job forces you to be on the road? How your routine changed? And if the chicken sandwich pimento or egg salad tasted a little bit better this year just the fact that you got to still go to the
0: masters (laughs) well the difference is um you know i think it's it's a philosophy and it's and it's a sort of an attitude about traveling and living on the road during this this time of covid you find your comfort zones and you you don't you aren't reckless but you aren't um you aren't scared to death either you find a way and Takeout's a big deal. You know, we we're not allowed to eat out in restaurants. So you, you manage that. So Grubhub became my best friend, DoorDash, all that sort of stuff. And I tried to support local restaurants while I was doing it. So it wasn't chained. So just trying to keep the, the small businesses alive. Um, I traveled. Um, so I did 12, 12 weeks total on the road, 11 straight. 11 straight weekends. And some, some I stayed out just because of where we live. I, I drove a lot not because I was afraid to fly, but because there just weren't as many flights and we live in a small market airport. So I think you just kind of find your sweet spot and, and operate from there. If you feel like you're getting into a yellow area, you get the heck out of there and go to green and yeah. you definitely yeah. don't ever go to red.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I like that, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: as, so, and as far as the sandwiches go, <laughs> Uh, I didn't believe it or not. I didn't have any, but I came wow. out of the CBS bubble on Sunday night, and I stayed with friends in Winston Salem, and I brought them, I think, eight sandwiches, and they were gone in a heartbeat. So apparently, they go. were really wow. good.
2: Uh, <laughs> what a friend! <laughs> you probably you probably had enough over the years, right?
0: <laughs> I, I do love the egg salad; is my favorite, definitely okay. my favorite. Good but um, yeah, the, yeah, those were gone in a heartbeat. <laughs> the,
2: the verdict. Uh, the verdict is in, Dottie. So we we had our first masters in November and mm. hopefully it'll be our last so but assuming we have the our next masters in april give us a feel for what how Augusta's is going to need to prepare you know because they typically have their own set of preparations to mm-hmm. you know, to put on a ter- the tournament in april um but what's your what's your feel and what's your thoughts um with this kind of this quick turnaround so to
0: speak. Oh, I don't think it's any big deal. In fact, it gives them more time to get the golf course ready for April because they overseeded earlier. Mm. Huh. I, I I think it'll be, it'll be that golf course that we typically remember seeing in April. And I can promise you that everything is getting ready to explode all of the camellias. Um, you're going to see that normal color. It's, it's not like that's, that's going to stop because of COVID. It's um, it, I think it was, what they did was masterful to to overseed quickly, to get the water down on it, to get it to start to, to take over. But they got, everybody in the Southeast had a very warm stretch there. And as you guys know, Bermuda loves warm weather. So it just wasn't ready to give up yet. But man, I, I think there are so many pieces of the puzzle that were moving to make this happen, including, you know, other big time sports that everybody... Gave a little and took a little to make all this happen, and the the spirit of um of moving forward amongst everybody that was involved was literally at every turn.
2: Yeah,
1: well, this is a selfish question. Um, <laughs> for people like me that had tickets this year that got um, extended to twenty twenty one right. What are the odds in your mind? I'm not sure if you've heard anything. It's, it's kind of the thing where nobody knows until we're there, um, kind of like this year. But what are the odds that fans would be allowed in April oh, of 2021?
0: I have no idea. I honestly don't because, I, you know, I'm, I'm a New York resident and things are shutting down again. Right. And I, and I think the whole thing is unmonitored and, and reacted to on a, a lo- local and state basis. That's been ever since we, we resumed anything. So I, I, I just, I don't know where we, where we'll be. I have no idea, uh, yep. but I do know I felt extremely safe um, and they put on as close of a masters as you could possibly, it had all the fields. It just didn't have patrons. Everything else was there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you were inside the ropes, one of the few, right? And mm-hmm. we don't want to, uh, I feel like people have talked enough about Bryson. So we've only have one question. But I'm just curious from your vantage point, do you think his, his missed or mismanaged expectations, he didn't have a great week, obviously. Do you think it was the media pressure or do you think his actual approach to playing Augusta um, was flawed?
0: I think it was a combination of both. I think he, if he's going to be out there as much as he's going to be and be so forward about his preparation and how he's – Kind of disrupting the traditional thoughts about preparation, then he's going to be, have to be prepared to to deal with it. And and it's kind of a he's he's preparing for to the, to do his job 24/7, but now he's got another job to do with that job because he is people are paying attention to what he's saying, what he's doing, and you then you have to respond and you have to live with that. And I think it was really smart of him to reach out to Tiger for help in that department because Tiger's lived in that bubble since really he was about 17 years old. So look at the very best to to handle that. Um, I just, I think Augusta more than any other place, you can overpower it. Tiger proved that. But what did Tiger do better than anybody else? He got the ball in the hole and that never changes. And that's what Bryson struggled to do. He missed it in places that you couldn't score. Um, And I think he'll learn. He'll learn where he can be, you know, it was sort of like him playing Colonial and, and playing at Hilton Head. There were certain places he just couldn't play Bryson golf, as we've now sort of come to know of it. And he'll, he'll figure that out. I mean, he, he's so thorough in everything of how he goes about managing and, and analyzing what he does. But that is a place that it's, it's so much about the angles and it's so much about giving yourself a chance to play Aggressive golf. That aggressive golf is not just from fairway or from the tee. It's on the greens. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. No. I think that's good perspective. Um, But, but, Dottie, we got to talk about our champion, Dustin Johnson. You had an opportunity to really have a front row seat. uh, Did (laughs) into his performance. And I want to mention a couple things, then dive into it with you. Mm -hmm. He hit every fairway on Saturday. Um, I think he hit 16 greens and and missed 13 on an edge. 13th hole, so basically 17 greens, tied with Tiger for the most greens ever hit by a champion in Augusta, that's 60, and and Dottie, I was, I watched every shot uh, from Sunday, I replayed every shot of Dustin, and he missed one long, or he didn't miss one left in terms of his approaches, and no, he, he was definitely dialed in with with the distance control for sure. So, yeah, and so talk about what sticks out about his routine, and ultimately, his execution, because you were right there for all weekend. I think it's the consistency of his
0: routine. Now, and, and there are really two routines. There's his full shot routine, and even pitch shots, and then there's his putting routine, and they are very, very different. But he's not disorganized about either one, even though the putting takes a lot longer. They're still going through the checklist of how am I feeling this putt? How how am I? What he's talking about is really. All he's trying to do is get the ball started on the, on the right line. So all of the, what he's doing on the green is trying to find that right line and feel it back into his hands. His hands are being carried a little higher. And when his strikes are consistent, his misses look like they're trying to go in.
2: Hmm.
0: And, and he didn't – I mean, think yeah. about the putts that he had for birdie. Now, he may have left himself some – if he did miss the green, he had to make five, six, seven, eight-footers. But the putts he hit, he left no stress. Right. They were dying around the hole and that even though he wasn't completely clicking early in the final round it made it manageable. Yeah,
2: he yeah. wasn't blowing it he wasn't blowing anything by. No.
1: So speaking of DJ like I think a lot of people see him as non-relatable. Right? He's a physically he's a he's kind of we said on our masters recap episode on Sunday that he's kind of been the freak of nature for the last 13 years. If people are talking about Bryson right now. Well, DJ's kind of been that for the last decade. So in your mind, you know, people can probably relate more to someone like Bernard Langer, who would a legend himself to, you know, beat someone like Bryson this week. So in your mind, what can the amateur golfer take away or learn from DJ for their game?
0: Well, I think if you if you looked at him and looked at how far he drives a golf ball and how many birdies he makes on par fives and how many times he's putting for Eagle, you would think this guy is totally a one-dimensional power player. When, if you really go drill down, he changed his, his game changed and where he could play and win consistently changed when two things happened. He learned how to hit a controlled fade and he learned how to score from 125 yards and in. and that's where the amateur can benefit definitely the most is improving their wedge play having a comfort 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 shot when you can turn the other direction if you really have to and he can certainly do that but there has to be a valve that saves you when you miss and that's wedges and if you hit it as far as he does that's also scoring on par fours so mm-hmm. he he realized that you needed that control fade a you need to also train your eye to see a golf course with that flight and then b he understood finally that controlling his wedges was the way he was going to kill everybody and that's exactly what he's done
2: yeah daddy he hits just so many beautiful three-quarter wedges and that's something for as good as he was when he came out of the tour even for a while he didn't really have you saw a lot of balls kind of hit and suck back that's right and,
0: and and if you didn't have the control of that because of the softness of the golf course this week that's where you really got burnt and he did not get burnt.
1: And that's totally. And that's one thing that a lot of, I mean, it took me a while to figure out in my game is a lot of, a lot of amateur players, it's a wedge shot and they take a full wedge and it just goes sky high. And when I started to have even take a little bit more club, put it back in my stance and learn to flight wedges and kind of learn my yardages a little bit more. Yeah, I might miss it a little bit as an amateur, but at least I'm around the hole. I'm around the green versus when you start to take full swings, that's when you can almost take bigger miss into the play. There's probably that too, right?
0: No doubt. And so when I first came to CBS in 2016, he was really just starting this wedge process and he'd be on the range. And we was just like amazed at his discipline. With the track man out there, it was the first thing that happened when they got to the range. He just started hitting wedge after wedge after wedge and looking at the spin, looking at the flight, looking at the carry. And you could start, slowly start to see the improvement. And it made him the sort of player that was so much more. Um, he was more, he had more dimension on golf courses that you wouldn't think would favor him, places like Hilton Head that are really kind of small ball golf courses, mm-hmm. he's, in the, he's, in, he's in the game. And, and that's where I, I think people just don't realize, because it is kind of boring thinking about hitting wedges and controlling spin and doing all these little minutiae things that pay off big. It's boring. Um, but he's, he's figured out how valuable it is.
2: Yeah, definitely. He, he, just, he, he looks a little bit like Tiger, you know, in, in that department. And speaking of other players, Daddy, we want to have, ask you about Rory. Um, he had a terrible first round 75, but he played beautifully those next three rounds. He really freed up. And I think he talked about his presser on the, after the first round. I think it was after the second round. He said he was kind of hanging on to it with his irons, kind of dragging through it and really hitting those pulls. I think mm-hmm. it, it's in the effort to hit a fade. So how would you assess Rory right now? Because when we look at Rory, he's so good. But when he won those four majors so quickly, he was the greatest high drawer. In the game, and he had a little more of a handsy, armsy swing, and it's hard to criticize a guy like Rory. But what do you think? Where do you where do you see it going for him? Because as good as he is, he hasn't been as consistent as DJ or JT, or had the moments of brilliance lately like Bryson.
0: I think you you nailed it. Um, you go you go back to your natural shot shape, and it is a high draw for him, and. It's not it just it's it's kind of going with what you what you know you can do and I think he has a tendency because he is so thoughtful in general to overthink stuff like that and he looked like he was hanging on I, I watched that first round and he was just completely out of sorts there wasn't um he just not that he didn't seem interested but he didn't see cl- seem clicked in And I guess Jimmy Dunn. I I said it on the air. I said I want to know what happened to him in between, in that 30-minute in between the end of round one and round two. And and I guess Jimmy Dunn got right in his grill. And Jimmy Dunn was out walking every hole. He's a pal. I mean, they play together down at Seminole. and Jimmy plays with Rory's dad. And sometimes it does take somebody you respect, um, just get right right in your grill and just go back to what you know. It's like Judy Rankin telling me how to do television. Talk about what you know (laughs) instead of freaking out over every little bit uh I think that's that to me just kind of woke him up yeah
2: you know go ahead go ahead
1: yeah I was gonna say Dottie he was actually my pick this week just because you know we had Sean Foley on the podcast a couple weeks ago and Sean talked Mm. about the story of Danny Willett in 2016 had just had a kid and Mm. he goes to play Augusta and What happens if he misses the cut? Well, he gets to go home and be with his newborn child, right? And so I thought the combination of that mixed with no fans and all of the hype around a November Masters, Tiger being the defending champ, and Bryson, had less pressure on him. And I think he said this in a presser, there's definitely less pressure without the galleries. Um, But I thought this was his chance to, one of his best chances to get it. I mean, obviously he still was up there. Um, maybe if he had a better Thursday, he could have, but um, yeah, it's interesting the impact of the galleries versus no galleries on someone like Rory, you know? I, I think
0: he's, he's a social enough creature that he does feed off the galleries. Mm. People love the guy and, yeah. and you can feel that people are constantly yelling for him. Um, especially if you get up, you know, in the Northeast where there's, a lot of there's a lot of Irish connection up in there. I mean, it is yeah. loud for Rory. But um, that being said, we've this has been the deal since June. So you had to have, you had to have known that you're going to have to make some some changes. I just you got to be ready to play from from the start. And I I just didn't see I didn't see that quite the intensity. I think to get into the round early and maybe. Maybe it hurt too that they had the, the rain delays. It was, it was definitely hard for those guys who were on the range or then they were getting ready, and then there's another added another three hours. So, the, 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 if you had to be really adaptable to get through those first couple of days, and it's, it's not easy, but I just think his, his chances are getting smaller. So, anybody who had that chance to do the career grand slam, they've all done it on their third event to close the deal or better. Mm. So this will be seven for him coming up in April. He's had to answer a lot of questions for a very long time. Yeah, It's not getting easier.
2: That's interesting. No, it's definitely not. Donnie, when we had you on last, we we talked a lot about your career. And I want to go back for a second. Um, You've won multiple major championships. And a lot of what we're talking about with Rory and just how, you, how do you control yourself in these, envir- in these major environments? And he's done it before, but he seems to be struggling a little bit. So when you were winning your Dinosaur Championships, you, know, you had to manage major championship pressure. Um, mm-hmm. And then ultimately you had to perform, and you did. But what was a couple things that maybe helped you prepare uh, for major championships uh, and then ultimately helping you win?
0: the first the first one I won it was pure grit down the end uh it was so close and you know having to hole a putt at the last just to get into a playoff it was I mean I was exhausted (laughs) I mean it really just wears you out but but it's a good way I mean you pour so much energy into it and you manage that level throughout the week um eating and sleeping and practicing and and everything else that i mean there was no social media or really internet back then so you know 92 was was odd compared to what we're looking at right now but but 99 nine, um i i came in playing so well and so i had to manage my expectations of expecting to win and just I, I think major championships are so much simpler if you can somehow get your energy level up early and get into the rounds faster. It's just not very often you see somebody dig themselves a hole with that sort of spotlight on them and be able to respond and finish the deal. It just doesn't happen very often. I just I think it's about energy level and, and maybe setting some early goals that you don't
2: talk to anybody about. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> So, so maybe that's, I don't know, right? Center of the green, first couple of Whatever it might
0: be, but, but you, you know it, you own it. And then, all right, I'm into the round. I mean, if it takes putting music on that you, I mean, get you fired up then put it on, on the range, do whatever it takes. But I just see him getting, being a little flat starting out.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because Tiger almost had the opposite, right? Like I was joking with friends about how the way Tiger looked on Thursday reminded me of 2019, the way that he, usually you can almost tell with his driver, right? Like if he's hitting that driver well and hitting those little, those little cuts out mm-hmm. there and even like sprinkling in a draw too and having it both ways, the way he, how fast he was picking up the tees on Thursday, you thought to yourself, wow, like could this, could it actually happen? And then he almost did the opposite. He got into it quick. But then faded on Friday and felt like he could never get it back. Was there anything yeah. you saw with Ty? you think it was just the, the body and he just didn't have it physically? or
0: I, I think it was the, the restart. Now look, I watched every shot he hit on Thursday going into Friday. And it was a hard place to restart. Mm. And um, I, I just think he's the guy that needs to be on a regular schedule, getting up at 3:45 a 7.30 restart is hard work. Yeah. And then to have 30 minutes in between and keep playing. That is for a body that's been through what his has been. I said it at the beginning of the week. If it was a normal week that didn't have any stops and starts and it stayed warm, which it did for, for the most part until Saturday morning was a little cool, but it wasn't really cold um, that I thought he had a chance. But I think those stops, stops and starts are so hard when your body needs that time to recover And you just don't get it when you're finishing at dark and you're back up in the middle of the night.
2: Daddy, do you think the soft conditions uh, didn't help his case? You know, I feel like when it's hard and fast, we saw what he did at the president's cup at the open. He's such a creative player and it gets harder usually for others. What do you think there?
0: I didn't really think about it, but I I think you can make a pretty good case about that. I think, I think getting around Augusta national uh, requires more past experience and leaning on how you get the ball around there on the ground more when they the, the conditions are firm and fast your sight lines are different because balls are running out even laying up on the par fives becomes more of a challenge if you have to lay up so yeah I, I would i'd give some thought to that yeah sure
1: so Dottie, we got two more questions because when CBS tells us Dottie's only got 30 minutes, we only take 30 minutes, okay? <laughs> Just listen, mean you we, want me to, it means you listen. want me to come back, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the first, the first of our last two questions would be, going back to your career for a second, um, I was really curious today, I was thinking about it, is there anything you've learned watching the game now in your second career that would you wish you knew when you played or actually makes you play differently, whether it's from a mental standpoint or an approach to the game, like when you play for fun today, is there anything that's changed now that you've been on the other side?
0: Yeah. We see a lot of really lousy golf when we're covering golf on TV. <laughs> and I think everybody thinks it's all, all perfect. And I think as a player, sometimes you think you have to be really perfect. And to me, I, I like watching these guys grind when it's not perfect. I mean, the first six holes, when Dustin put the hammer down on Sunday, he kind of, I had the sense from being out there and just kind of sensing the energy out there that it changed right there. And I think you realize watching so much golf, walking with these guys that they hit a lot of indifferent golf shots, but they have the ability to bounce back faster and more efficiently than anybody else. Mm. And I think that was the case when I was playing. He tried to be so darn perfect that, you don't give yourself enough credit to just figure out how to get it in the hole. It doesn't have to be ugly or it doesn't have to be pretty, um, to turn into a win. And, and I think, I think that's what I, what I take more of it. And I also see, I also see more, more ways to give yourself margins, uh, Again, it goes back to not being so perfect. It doesn't have to be the perfect yardage. I've, I've hit shots all the time that weren't the perfect yardage. I've practiced hmm. that all the time. Yeah. I've practiced off downhill lies when I missed my mark and, I, and I, I laid up on the right side of the fairway instead of left, and I left myself a hanging lie. So what? I can hit that shot. And I, I think that's watching so much, that's what I've taken from it, that there's really, really lousy
2: golf out there that turns into a good score. Hmm. Dottie, to quickly add to that, Cameron Smith, had some funky shots on the last round. He yeah, he just got up and down, and he was he was just amazing out there. But I think that was something, right? Yeah, it was huge. Um, that, that shot. So I had that monitor when I was walking,
0: and I saw the replay. Actually, oh, actually, it might even been live. Uh, his shot on nine. That was crazy. How it came yeah, off. I mean, oh, and, and they just just race, stayed down there. And you know, the yeah, the place where he got nice. it up and down on ten. It's just really it's exactly what i'm talking about it doesn't have to be perfect
1: yeah totally it's good that we brought up cameron smith because we had some (laughs) aussies (laughs) hit us up in our dms um that we Ah, didn't give we didn't give enough airtime to cameron smith last week so only player to shoot in the 60s four rounds
0: (laughs) correct how about that ever 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 in masters history and he didn't walk away with the green jacket (laughs) crazy How crusher is that?
2: Yeah. Well, it looks like you're about to board. So here's your last question, Dottie, and this is what we discussed on our recap Sunday. Dustin Johnson essentially has Greg Norman's career as of right now. He's got 24 wins, two majors. That's what Greg did in his whole career. Pretty impressive. Correct. Will DJ get to Phil Mickelson? Can he get five majors and/or forty-five wins when it's all said and done? What
1: he needs to stay healthy.
2: I mean, I think that's the case. I mean,
0: he's boiled the game down to being very simple. Yeah, it's not. He's he's not doing the Bryson thing. (laughs) It's just it's really simple, and and I think that that certainly helps, and. It's not because he doesn't know the ins and outs of the game. That's just where he operates. He is, I think the way he works in and around the media, the expectations of him, I I think it's brilliant. And he is, he's, well, you you guys said it. He's like this this freak of nature. Uh, He's built like a basketball player. And yet he he can be tearing, tearing scoring records apart. I mean, I walked... Never, nearly every hole with him on the weekend when he was 30 under in Boston. And then this is, so this is 50 right. under. <laughs> 50 under.
1: Right. Uh,
0: I, I think if the guy stays healthy, I don't, I don't think there's any chance the guy loses interest because he loves to play play golf. And I think he loves to quietly work at it. And he's kind of yeah. messing with people because they think that this just, just happens. He works his tail off. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think he kind of enjoys that.
1: And, Would you know, you we got to see... A lot of people say he he's no has no emotion, and that was really amazing oh. to see on Sunday him tear up. I mean, it shows how much it really means to him.
0: Yeah, not not true at all. Um, when we had him winning at um, Northern Trust when I was out on Long Island, it's probably three years ago now, there was some j- serious emotion. It was the playoff with Jordan Spieth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he found that extra gear, and I ended up asking him about it. And you could see he was like, kind of starting to struggle a little bit because he really wanted to win that golf tournament. It was something that he had set a goal for and he achieved it. And I think this was one of those little kid things when you're, you're hitting golf balls late at night, an hour away. And he just didn't really share it with everybody, but yeah. you know, now we know how much it meant to him. It yeah. so was so, the one he always wanted.
2: So you like his chances.
0: I'm saying he's got a chance. Yeah, feels <laughs> pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, Phil's pretty good too. But yeah. I think I think Dustin never shows up just to show up. I mean, I think he's showing up ready to play. Mm. Yep. Yep. Love it. I think so well
1: Dottie, you're we're two of your biggest fans so we always love seeing you out there you're always the best so thanks so much oh, for coming thanks, on thanks you guys yeah, and no, uh safe you. travels Thank back you. hey put Thank your feet you. up thanks put your feet up i'm Let going to
2: <laughs> i'm going yeah, to it, make, make, make a drink you know <laughs> well, it might not be
0: it might not be singular
2: <laughs> <laughs> even better all right Dottie. safe right. travels
0: take care Thank, thanks so much thanks. for coming on thanks See for you, being flexible all right bye take
1: care